0: Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at
1: woodwardhines.org. Good morning. It's 830 on Wednesday, January 24th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, supporters of School Choice weigh in on expanding options for education in Mississippi. Then, advocates for public schools in Mississippi are rejecting proposals they say would privatize K-12 education in the state. They'll hear about the film they're using to warn Mississippians about what could come. And after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, find out why a group of mothers say vaccine laws should not be changed. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Some Mississippians are making their voices heard on the issue of school choice. Hundreds of children filled the state capitol to urge lawmakers to support the option. Advocacy Group Empower Mississippi sponsored the event held yesterday. Governor Phil Bryant agrees. He says school choice needs to open up.
2: We don't want to do anything to hurt uh, one school or pick it over another. But for years, during the civil rights era, government told parents, your child can only go to this school. Uh, we need to change that once again, open up school choice for all of these children today. You see the diversity of the crowd. Let them pick the best school system for their district. Let that money follow the child.
1: In response to critics who say school choice takes money away from public schools, Governor Bryant had this to say.
2: It is just ridiculous. You've got to look at education in the broadest of scopes and I tell them what's good for that child and and that parent who is paying for all of those schools. uh, How about their choice? How about their decision and determination? To be able to sit here and and have uh, the idea that we can tell a parent what is better for them and to limit their choice of schools uh, reflects upon uh, to me the 1950s and 60s And it's about time for another Brown v. the Board of Education.
1: Democratic Representative Jay Hughes of Oxford tells MPB's Desiree Frazier he finds two main points as he disagrees with school choice for Mississippi.
3: I don't believe that school choice is what's best for Mississippi. Uh, The two factors that control most are uh, if you don't have a choice, then there is no school choice. Mississippi is an extremely rural and diverse area, and so... Why not keep focusing on trying to get the school on a higher accountability rate than to let the people leave and destroy that? I think the second thing that's important to me is that school choice is not a choice if you don't have one. And An example is the number of homeless students in the state of Mississippi. And Homeless means they either don't have an address or don't have a permanent one for more than 30 days. 4,156 students in Jackson Public Schools this year are homeless. If they don't have a home, they sure don't have a car or transportation or a way to get there. So if we keep taking away money from those public schools, what about those left behind? So school choice doesn't help with accountability or advancing education or ending poverty. To me, it just it's a choice for a few is what it ought to be. It ought to say, choice for the select few.
4: When you think about um, school choice and, you know, you mentioned the limited options, taking money from public schools, the argument is, and letting it follow the student uh, hurts the public schools.
3: Well, it hurts the public schools, of course, because if we lose 100 students in a school district, that's $500,000. That does not reduce the number of teachers, books, or buses that you need because we don't pull them all out of one classroom. You know, another thing is, is of course, when you, when you talk about that and that choice model that, that seems to be appealing, it's just simply not the way democracy was planned to work or that it works. It's for the greater good of the people. I pay a lot of taxes that go to roads and bridges that I'll never see or drive on. And I think another example is, is there's many people that don't go to the public parks. That doesn't mean they get a better choice or that they get a voucher to pay for their country club. Just because you don't use a government service doesn't mean you don't benefit directly from it, and I think that's the point that's lost here.
4: We heard from a mother in Cleveland whose children have dyslexia, and the public schools would not provide the services that her children needed, so she had no choice but to seek a private school. When those incidents arise, how should the schools be responding?
3: There's two things. The reason that they don't have a dyslexia teacher at their local school district is because they're being underfunded. There's a bill this year to provide for dyslexia therapists in all school districts, and I completely support that bill. So that's the first step. But even without that, if there is a special needs child whose needs can't be met, then I support them being able to go where their needs can be met. But that's a special situation, not just because Johnny doesn't like being in school with Sissy or Bobby.
4: Do you feel that way about charter schools? They're called public schools?
3: You can call it anything you like. I disagree with that. It's not working in rural areas, and uh, I think the grading so far that we've seen on the local charter schools are not outperforming the local school districts. All they're doing is taking money away from the local school districts.
4: And so your argument is that it's not good for Mississippi. If people were to say, but we need to be able to make our own decision about where our children go to school, we want to decide, how would you respond to that?
3: The same way we've always decided, just like our parents did. Choose where you live. That's how you pick the school system. And if not, then make your local school better. Be a part of the solution, not leaving and being a part of the problem.
4: Thank you so much.
3: Thank you.
1: Democratic Representative Jay Hughes of Oxford with our Desiree Fraser. Grant Callen is president of Empower Mississippi. He says they'll continue to advocate for school choice.
0: This is our third annual School Choice Day at the Capitol. And the whole point is to bring together a diverse group of students and teachers and parents from across the state to celebrate school choice. And so you look around, you see... Over a 1,000 people crammed in the state capitol, all unified around the idea that parents ought to have the freedom to choose where their children go to school.
4: You know the issue of school choice and taking money from public schools as we look at funding education in a rewrite formula right now. How do you take money from public schools to support school choice when public schools are underfunded?
0: This is not about any one system over another. It's not about public or private or charter. It's about all of the above and giving parents to choose what makes best sense for them. So as the political leadership makes decisions about how to spend education dollars, their goal is to make sure we educate kids. School choice is simply the best way to match students with the best school for them to to learn in. And so it's not about one or the other. It's about all of the above.
4: When you have the money following the student and the student is no longer in that public school, then those funds are no longer able to support public education.
0: Well, we currently fund public schools based on student enrollment. And so if a student leaves and moves to another state or a student moves to a private school or to another school district, we no longer fund that public school for a student who's no longer there anyway. School choice simply tries to say the funds ought to follow that student. So we already believe in funding schools based on students that are enrolled there. School choice just makes sure the state portion follows the child to another school if that school doesn't meet their needs. It's also very important local dollars stay in the local district. So the education scholarship account expansion that is moving through the legislature now, it doesn't touch local dollars. They stay in the local school district and the impact on the district is simply the state dollars, which they would lose anyway if that child left the district for any reason.
4: So what do you say to critics who complain that you're siphoning off money from public schools and they're already short in terms of funding, what are they going to do with less funding?
0: I think there has been an effort in recent years to spend more and more on public education, and I think that's great. We all want well-funded classrooms and well-paid teachers, This doesn't change the impact on the district because districts wouldn't get money for students that are not in their doors anyway. This simply allows the money to follow the child if they choose to leave and go somewhere else. And it's basically making sure our public dollars get to the students who need them. The purpose of education in a state is not to fund buildings and pay salaries for adults. The purpose of education is to serve students and meet their needs. School choice is one way to do that.
4: Thank you so much for your time and for your commitment to
0: education. Thank you.
1: Empower Mississippi's Grant Cowan. Coming up, advocates for public schools in Mississippi are rejecting proposals they say would privatize K through twelve education in the state. We'll hear about the film they're using to warn Mississippians about what could come. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm on, on MPB Think Radio. Hi,
5: I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo for Southern Remedy. Each Wednesday, we answer your calls on health issues of interest to you. They range from medical questions on kids, young adults, baby boomers, and seniors. Whatever you need to know. Join me for Southern Remedy this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Supporters of public schools in Mississippi gathered to view a film called Backpack Full of Cash. The film explores what could happen when districts divert public school funds to voucher programs and charter schools. The event was sponsored by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Following the film, a panel of Mississippi advocates discussed their concerns with the current legislative debate about school funding. SPLC senior staff attorney Will Bardwell says privatization hurts public schools.
6: Every parent, wants the chance to send their kid to a great school and get a great education, not just a few parents who can get their kid in a private school on a voucher. And if the legislature is genuinely committed to that idea, then it shouldn't be considering legislation that pulls funding out of public schools. It should be reinvesting in those local public schools. Public schools are still the places where more than 90% of Mississippi children get their education, and we shouldn't be undermining those institutions.
1: What if a student isn't getting the education they deserve in a public school? Shouldn't they have the opportunity elsewhere?
6: Every student needs the chance to to have his or her needs addressed, but public schools are the places where that should take place. Uh, we should be providing more resources for children in special education programs, uh, children who are learning English, uh, and uh, simply Kicking those students out of the public school system and telling them to go find it somewhere else is not the solution.
1: What's the reasoning behind taking money out of public schools and putting it into private schools? Why is why are legislators advocating for that, or some anyway?
6: Well, this is part of a school privatization effort that has been going on in this country for decades, but has only recently come to Mississippi, Uh years ago people passed it off as an experiment as a way to make public schools better but we know today from studies that uh, that experiment has failed Uh, that children who leave the public school system and uh, for example enroll in charter schools or go to private schools on a private school voucher uh, fare worse than children in the public school system so the solution to educating the next generation's workforce Uh, is to double down on our commitment to public schools.
1: The Mississippi legislature is considering legislation that would essentially cut back on funding for public schools. While it might increase funding initially, it will cut back on funding as the years progress. Do you think that's directly related to the uh, desire to privatize?
6: Well, I certainly think it's part of uh, a pattern that has been going on for a long time now uh, about the legislature skirting its duty to provide great education for all of our kids. Uh, The effort going on at the legislature right now would do nothing other than legalize uh, the abdication uh, of the legislature's duty to those kids. Uh, And instead of doing that, the legislature ought to renew its commitment to MAEP.
1: I recently spoke with a school privatization uh, advocate who said they had conducted a survey and that it showed that by a wide margin, parents in Mississippi wanted the choice of where to send their children to school. You show different figures?
6: I've got surveys that I can show you, but I, th- I think the more important question is not whether parents ought to have the right to send their kids wherever they want. Parents do have that right. Uh, the better question is whether public school children ought to have to bear the cost for that. You know, Mississippi's public schools still educate about 480,000 children every year. More than 90% of children in Mississippi attend public schools. And those children ought not have to bear the cost of school privatization.
1: You have a film showing Backpack Full of Cash. What does that movie center in on?
6: Well, Backpack Full of Cash is a documentary about a, a year in the Philadelphia school system in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, which has been ravaged by school privatization. They have a citywide uh, school vouchers program for private schools. Uh, They have a uh, prolific charter school footprint. Uh, And the impact of those programs on Philadelphia's public schools has been devastating. Uh, Next year, uh, the cost of of the charter schools in Philadelphia is expected to approach $1 billion, uh, Philadelphia's public schools are anticipating a budget deficit next year of nearly $140 million. Uh, schools have had to close. Uh, the district has laid off teachers. Uh, there are so many children in classrooms that they don't all have desks. They have to compete for writing space on windowsills. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a snapshot of the future that Mississippi faces Uh, if the legislature insists on continuing down the path of privatization.
1: Will Bardwell is a senior staff attorney with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Will, thank you so much for your time.
6: It's been a pleasure, Karen.
1: Dennis Dupree is the superintendent of Clarksdale Municipal School District. He says the charter school coming to his district will take much-needed funds from his schools.
7: Let me explain a little bit about how the funding works. Uh, We have been underfunded in our school district about 12 million dollars. Now we are a very small school district. Uh, we have about 2,600 students. Uh, we have about 18,000 uh, people living in the, in the county of uh, Oklahoma. We have three different school districts within that county. Now imagine that's a small population with three school districts already existing. Now we are beginning to form another school system within those three school systems that already exist. We have a very, very low tax base. It was mentioned about property taxes being used to uh, subsidize uh, the other fundings that you get. Well, our property taxes, what you have is what we call meals. We are already at the 55 meal cap. That's as far as you can go. A meal in our community will bring you in about $60,000. You can go over to another school district, let's say DeSoto County, which is here in Mississippi, or Madison. A meal in those counties might bring you a million dollars a meal, just to show you the disparity between uh, the communities. So what happens, from my understanding, is that once the funding comes down, you've got to realize that all of the funding will follow the child. Not just the, 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 the money that you get, you get from the state through the MAP funding. It's going to be called something else coming up soon, I think. But the federal funds, the Title I funds, the Title II funds, all of the funds that you receive within your school district that you use now for your students will follow those students. Now, that money in, in the bill that's out there now, the money will be given to the charter schools in August. Now, once that money goes, it's not coming back. Uh, I just think it's the worst. But I mentioned at the Charter School Authorizing Board, this is a perfect storm that they have created in the Mississippi Delta and one that didn't need to uh, be created.
1: Clarksdale Superintendent Dennis Dupree. Coming up, a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Then find out why a group of mothers say state vaccine laws should not be changed. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
7: If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org.
5: Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. With me today is Dr. Josie Bidwell from Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit.
8: Thanks, Dr. Rick. You know, everybody wants to know what to do when they have a cold and a fever.
5: Yeah, and the problem is it depends on how old you are. If you're less than six months, your folks should call your health provider immediately because babies' immune systems just don't fight infection as good as older children and adults do.
8: If you're an older child or an adult, there are some alarm signs that are telling you you need to call or be seen by a health care provider. That's things like shaking and chills, high fever over 101, or a fever that just hangs around for a few days.
5: Decreased fluid input and urine output are also alarm signs. That is, if someone has big changes in the way they feel or act, a health provider should be consulted earlier rather than later.
8: And everybody wants to know, when do you take an antibiotic for a cold? If it's a cold, the answer is you just don't need one. But colds that don't go away or get worse after seven days need treatment.
5: So remember these alarm signs, and when in doubt, call for help. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. The
6: Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy,
5: live blue.
1: Mississippi ranks high in the childhood vaccination rate, but supporters of vaccine choice say parents should be able to decide when and if their children receive vaccine, vaccines. In a state where poor health outcomes are often the norm, Lindsay Cheney says that's a dangerous idea. She was at the Capitol yesterday in support of a pro-vaccine effort called Give Me a Shot. She tells MPB's Desiree Fraser she hopes state laws don't change.
8: Well, originally I'm from Southern California, and about five years ago there was an outbreak of the mumps, and I was infected with it, and it was terrible. I was sick for two to three weeks. I was in a lot of pain. I missed finals. I couldn't work, and I would never, ever want to see a child inflicted
4: with that kind of pain. So why do you think people don't want to vaccinate their child? I think it's just a lack of information. Um,
8: you know not science-based facts and they don't have the medical background to be making those kinds of decisions. Thank
1: you
4: so much. You're welcome.
1: Vaccine supporter Lindsay Cheney with our Desiree Frazier. Heather Rifkin is with the Give Me a Shot Moms. She says the health of her two children are her biggest concern.
8: I'm here because I love my children and I care about them I'm here because the possibility that Mississippi's vaccination laws will be weakened scares me. It scares me as someone who cares about public health in Mississippi. It scares me because weakening these laws will have real and lasting ramifications. And it scares me because I'm a mom and I love and care about my children. Mississippi has the strongest vaccination laws in the nation. This is something that our state should be proudly defending. The forces that want to weaken our vaccine laws aren't malicious, they're just misguided. But a great deal of harm could come to Mississippi children if our vaccine laws are weakened. Let us consider a few facts. Fact, every dollar used for immunizations saves $5 in direct medical costs and $11 in total expenses. Fact. A parent does have a right to choose whether they want to protect their child through vaccination or not. And no child is forced to get vaccines. However, once a child is enrolled in school, it becomes a public health issue. And the rights of other children in the state of Mississippi must be protected. And the moms here today are telling legislatures loud and clear, protect Mississippi's vaccine laws.
1: Please. More information on the effort is online at givemeashot.org. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show today, find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB public media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
0: Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org.